Today's episode is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and the Brew Bar. The Everything Sequel podcast contains explicit language. You have been forewarned. Hello and welcome to the Everything Sequel Podcast, the Final Destination Edition. Today is Final Destination 3. My name is Michael Schantz. I'm from the How Dare You Awards. With me is my partner in crime, the fearless Tom Stewart. Hi, Tom. Fuck you, Ben Franklin. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> We are talking about Final Destination 3, the uh, 2006 James Wong movie. James Wong is the director of the original Final Destination, and he is back Mm. to give us Final Destination 3. This is both of our favorite movies in the series. Yep, it certainly is. It's, uh, It's an old... I mean, I kind of think... If you just judge this movie on its action set pieces, it would still be the best movie in the series. Mm-hmm. It, it it would have to like basically fart its life away in between those set pieces to not be the best movie in this <laughs> franchise. So <laughs> I agree with you completely, first of all. But wrapped up in in my my saga of Final Destination three is a personal story. Oh yeah, story. that's right. Come, I mean, as what could be more what could be more appropriate <laughs> for a sequel than telling a campfire tale? So about another sequel. Yeah, I I, I have a very personal story that our 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 listeners, few as they may be, our listeners will I'm sure chuckle at. And that might also get me arrested. Okay. I, I, uh, around the time of this movie. Yes. 2006, I had joined the Big Brother program. I don't, I don't like, I don't like where this is going already. So. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't tell me children were involved. You should be wary and, and worried. I, so, you know. I was in a school-based program. I would go and visit a little at school. Mm-hmm. He and I were going to go into the community program. <laughs> the, now, when you're in the school-based program, you're not allowed... Like, you don't have the kid's phone number. You don't see him outside of school. You only see the kid at school. Yeah. I went to his fifth-grade graduation, and for whatever reason, his you know his parents decided that he shouldn't be in the program. And the Big Brother program let me know. And I just never got to see that kid again. And it was like kind of a bummer, you know? Yeah. So they said, would you be interested in just being matched with another little for the community-based program? I said, sure. Right. So I meet a little. And... By the way, I didn't know that they, they were referred to in the system as little. Yeah. As a li- Really? Littles and bigs. Is this a little dehumanizing? <laughs> So you might you might end know. up with Gary Coleman. That's true. <laughs> and then it would be offensive. That's right. If I said, "Hey, little." <laughs> <laughs> so, but I match with this kid and 
you know, I said, what do you want to do on our first outing? You know, would you like to go on a hike? And he said, oh, yeah, sure. That sounds good. So maybe a week out from our hike, I called him. I said, you know, I'm just looking forward to going on this hike with you. His name was Oren. And, but I left, you know, a phone message. Didn't hear back. Mm. A few days later, called again. Oren, let me know. We still going on a hike this, this weekend? I'm super excited. Give me a call. Didn't hear from him. Called him the night before. Oren, I'm going to need you to call me back. Are we going on a hike or not? Hmm. No call. <laughs> the next morning, I was in the shower, and that's when he called. Mm-hmm. So I didn't hear the phone. I got a message, and he says he always, whenever he left a message, he'd always, the, the beginning of it was always exactly the same. He'd say, um... Mike, um, hi, uh, it's me, Oren. And on this particular message, he said, so, um, I don't think I can be in the program. Sorry. <laughs> Just hung up. Right. I am fascinated about where Final Destination 3 comes into this. So, hang on, hang on. So, I... You know, I had some friends watching football games. It was a Sunday, so I went and met them. And they were like, what's going on? I thought today was the big day, you know, your first day with uh, your little brother. And I said, I think a 13-year-old boy just broke up with me. (laughs) You know, but I ended up talking to his mom days later, and she said he was, you know, really scared about this idea of a hike. He kept talking all week about feeling like he didn't have the right shoes, and what if he didn't do it well, and... Mm. What if he, you know, couldn't finish? And that, and I thought, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. And she said, I think he'd still really like to be in the program. You know, maybe we could just do something here. I said, absolutely. <laughs> so I met him. We just stayed at his house. I taught him about chess. We played some chess. We talked about favorite books and, you know, called it a day. At the end of the day, I said, you know, maybe we could go see a movie Next week. What do you think about that? He goes, yeah, that would be good. So, so you know, I thought, you know, a movie, non-confrontational, you, you could just, you know, you're sitting in silence watching the movie for, for a first time outside of the house. Maybe that's a good way to go. Agreed. So the next week, yeah, the next week we go to a movie. I said, what movie do you want to see? He goes, how about um, Final Destination 3? Now... I mean, I'd seen the other movies, but I, 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 you know, blank slate. Like I, you know, I'd said, like, you know, I told you in the in our beginning episode, our mini so that I couldn't even remember what happened in the second <laughs> movie. Like you said, I don't remember these horrific you rem- death you re- scenes. What I, you remember? It's I remember. The, I remember the log falling off, and I can't tell you, you to this it day. Was about death. <laughs> no, I knew it was, but I thought they were. I thought it, I seriously yeah. I thought it was a PG thirteen mm-hmm. movie. It wasn't even my in my head how violent they in are. In fairness, they do give that impression from from the outside. Yeah, and not on my mind at all. And I said, "Sure." So we go see Final Destination three. And when you think of you know one of the first death scenes, you're seeing two women 
naked boobs burned to death in a goddamn <laughs> tanning machine. And the whole time I'm like, <gasps> how, how I old mean, was Aura? Uh, 13. Oh, you know, I, I, and I'm not just saying, I'm not just, def- Tom, I thought, I thought government agents were going to drop out of the ceiling and arrest me. I'm, I was mortified. The whole time. And the, and we got out of that movie and I said, Oren, did you know that movie was rated R? And he just sort of uh. slyly smiled. And I said, let me tell you something, my friend. I never thought I'd be saying this as a big brother in the Big Brother program, but you and I now have a secret. <laughs> Don't you tell anybody we saw that movie. Holy shit. That is, that is the most innocuous use of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Of all of all the things that could connote, yours is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, Matt. Well, that is I, I. So that's that's my that's my final oh, destination man, three story. That is fascinating <laughs> for so many reasons. On so many levels. But you, I mean, you know, and and to br- to bring it back to cinema. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm from. I come from a different rating system culture right that's true yeah. R, R, as i understand it means you're supposed to be with a, a, a yeah it's restricted but you spo- but you can be there if an adult takes you right yes so you're so right. what could you possibly have done wrong i mean legally technically not morally obviously it's abhorrent but um <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't i wouldn't be worried about arrest <laughs> People's judgment, yes, but not arrest. Well, you know, it's just where my mind goes. I, you Unless know. you were also 13 at the time. <laughs> but as I understand it, you were the big in this relationship. It's supposed to be, yeah. <laughs> and, and the other part of that is, you know, I, I, I feel like I saw far worse movies than this by the age of 13. And I turned out okay. No, yeah, I get that. I, I don't know, know if that helps one of the, the story. I, I think it might even be part of your agreement as a big brother as to if you go to the movies, make sure it's kid appropriate, no rated R movies, blah, 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 blah. Well, I don't really remember. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it, it's a good good question. Like, I'm hoping that anybody that's involved with the program now, uh, that by sheer luck might be listening to this. I hope there's some sort of statute of limitations. At least he, at least Oren was prepared upon entering high school for the toxic masculinity dump that he oh, was about man. to go through. Because that this movie, I think, uh, has some of the, I go as far as to say, some of the worst men in horror. As a genre. Yeah. But they are depicted as such and suitably punished for that. Right. <laughs> so I'm okay with it. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's, you know, get into it. This, you know, part of the, part of the deal with Final Destination 3, which we've talked about in the previous episode, talked about in the mini episode, is each movie is essentially starting from zero. Mm. You have a new group of kids with a new accident. And that's part of the magic of the movie. New, so new accident. Who dis? Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, 
What a sublime this joke. Is, <laughs> this is shaping into a very strange episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this will be maybe part of the very best of. Yeah. Uh, where do you stand? Uh, you know, we haven't we didn't talk about that in the mini episode. How do you you know, what's the best inciting incident? Um, I, I think, uh, or at the very least in relation to this movie, my top, my how top, do you like this one? My top three are all in this movie. Okay. So, uh, I think, I mean, I love a, I love a roller coaster in a movie. It just works on film. Yeah. Motion spectacle. It's kind of really all you need. I'm pretty sure. Like I have a vague memory of, you know, or a kind of cinemascope test movies that are just roller coaster rides. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, yeah, roller coaster, I'm in. And then we get yeah, me too. It's like the most brilliantly executed action sequence. And I'm not just talking about sequels. The the scene the scenes of the kids flying off the roller coaster. Right. I just I I'm I am just I, my mouth is open the entire time. I'm like, this yeah, is I mean, it's visceral. Good. It's visceral, right? It's just, I mean, aside from the fact that why doesn't someone who, why doesn't some carny pull a lever somewhere? You know, that aside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's one of my favorite things is this idea of, like, no matter, you know, they make it seem as though once you're in the seat, no matter what, the roller coaster's going. Like, it was a miracle that they let a few people off, right? Somebody's freaking yeah. out. Somebody, you know, so but what happens you, is Once there... you get that Ramones chant up, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> that, you can't stop a hey-ho, let's go. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just a pure piece of, you know, magic. Yeah, it's, I, I think, I think that that obviously just blew me away, um, as an action sequence. I think what impressed me even more was, and this is something that is in stark contrast to Final Destination Two. The you know part of the deal is you have to repeat the act, the accident. Because the first time it's a premonition, so you have to mm-hmm. see it again. But what right. they do is you just you see it happen. You see the uh, disaster happen in the background, and then we fade to black. And so I think the fact that we've had this incredible sequence, and they all, and the, the director or the editor has the good judgment to go, this is as good as it's going to get. We're fading to black. Yeah. We're going to show some restraint. And not do what Final yeah, Destination right. 2 did by having two giant explosions within a minute of each other. Right. <laughs> as much as I love that. That is that is so yeah, that is sure. so that movie. But in in this here I'm like I'm like it feels like we're we're in good hands here directorially. Because as someone who mm-hmm. knows who knows how to knows how to handle an action sequence, first of all, which is a big deal in any movie. And then, right. and then is able to sort of say, you know, what the emphasis of that scene should be. Um, in a re- in sure. a really nuanced way. 
I, I loved it. No, yeah, I would agree with that. But I, I think, I think you know, Home Depot is equally good, and the subway sequence at the end of this film blew my mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so all the best sequences for me are in are in this movie. Um, but there's a lot of good stuff in between the accidents sure. too. But there are this this movie is like predicated on three accidents, the likes of which are some of the best action I've seen in in cinema. Well, and part of what I, you know, do you think that part of the reason that this movie is our favorite and works is simply because of Mary Elizabeth Winstead? You take all the sequels all together, you really don't have an actor who's got a career that she has. It's true. So is, does she draw you in? Is that part of it? Yeah, I, I, I mean, yes. I think that, that, that behind the scene, that class behind the scenes is definitely mirrored by having Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, carrying this movie. And I think that's why that's she's her performance and her ability to sort of sell whatever's going on and no matter how ridiculous it is in a very right she seems really anchored to yeah. me she's a, she's a good actor and she's she's at the her character's at the root of you know as asking questions about death that go beyond we're all going to die mm-hmm. you know she's the one who's posing the questions like do you want to be willfully ignorant of your own death or do you want to find out it's going to happen? Um, I think at one point she says something along the lines of, um, this is much... I'm going to get the exact quote here, but it's something like... Something that sounds contradictory, but in, in her delivery doesn't come across that way, which is like something... Oh, this fears more than just being scared. I mean, you right. deliver that line badly... It sounds yeah, right. ridiculous, yeah. but um, yeah. So she's she's the sort of like she's the the gateway into a into a very thoughtful side of this movie, and because it's her, I I I bought it. Um, but she's she's yeah. extremely compelling to watch. Um, you know, it's, it's and and she's a great action heroine as well. I mean, yeah, I is, agree with that. Lucy McLean, you know. Exactly. Right. <laughs> we know that. And uh, this almost makes up for how little she's used in uh, A Good Day to Die Hard. Almost. A Good Day to Die Hard. Yeah. I hear you. So, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. That I think, you know, that's like that's like De Niro and Scorsese, that director-actor matchup to me. In 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 purely sequel terms. And yeah, correct, correct. Because <laughs> they they are the neck between them. They are the nexus of the sequel universe. Heard. Yeah. All right, we're just getting started, ladies and gentlemen. We're we're talking about Final Destination three. We're gonna take a break, and then we will be right back after this. I like to think I know something about beer, but nowadays even I get overwhelmed when confronted by the exhaustive selection of craft beers they have at bars, breweries, and even grocery stores. Back in the day you had one, maybe two craft beers to choose from, and if you were confused, you ordered a Guinness. But in beer stations like San Diego, the craft beer options lately are in double, sometimes even triple, digits. 
So what's a beer drinker to do? You need what I need. The Vegas Beer Guys. Your beer of choice should be a perfect blend of malt and hops. And so a live show about beer needs that same balance. And the Vegas Beer Guys matches beer expert Dan Aker with self-proclaimed beer novice Stephen J. Weiss. The results are eminently drinkable. They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. They'll try new beers. They'll tell you about beers. Think of them as your beer sherpas guiding you up a foamy-headed mountain to reach the peak of your pint. God, I need a beer. And we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Tom Stewart. We're talking about the 2006 film Final Destination 3. Hey, Tom, where 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 does this movie land for you? We talked so at such length for Final Destination 2 and the comedic yeah. sense of that movie and the death scenes and their, their comedy. Uh, wh- where's this movie land for you in that realm? I think it's, yeah, there is comedy in here, but it's definitely, it's less broad, right. more, more nuanced, a touch satirical, and uh, all the better for it. But it's not above... And some of them are ironical. Yeah, it's it's not a. I think in the majority, what what I kind of like is, you know, in Final Destination Two, the horror is played for comic effect. Mm-hmm. But here, you really feel the horror of the horror. Okay, yeah. It's more visceral. Um, you know, the 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 scene of uh, the two teenage girls burning oh, alive man. in a tanning bed is just. I felt just as broken. comfortable. As uncomfortable watching it this most recent time as I did sitting next to, you know, to your little the bit the Big Brother program. It was, and I find the humor is more kind of gallows humor. Yeah, you know, with sort of like death. It's like death is coming, so let's joke about it. Yeah, totally. That's the way I read it. So in this movie, because we talked about that, or it's char- or it's kind of character based. Yeah, as well, like it's 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 but not. Not like comic characters, but um, kind of uh, character-based comic. Right. And and we talked in the last episode about sort of how long it takes to get everybody on the same page. Yeah. And that's one thing that's completely different in this movie. You have some of the people die before before they even have a chance to understand that something's coming for them. Yeah. And everybody else is really hard, you know, they, they deny it to an extent that causes their death. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's, and that's a little um, different in this movie. Again, you know, each movie is a little different, and I like that about this movie. I, absolutely. I think I think it's a great, um, it's a great switch up. Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I mean, one of the big, we kind of alluded to this in the last podcast, but one of the big changes is the device by which you show what's coming in terms of who's going to die next. Mm-hmm. And here they switch to, you see it in photographs. Right. Um, which makes less real world sense. Right. Less common sense. 
but works much better cinematically as you know the back to the future movies have shown if you put it in a photograph <laughs> Every, everybody will get these. it everyone will get it even though what you're seeing is completely well and part of that for this movie too is the characters trying to to decipher each photo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because they're not always right about the manner of death. They, they'll think it's one thing and it turns out to be another thing. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, and then it brings in a, a mystery element. I suppose, yeah. I mean, my, my, my biggest criticism of this movie is bringing in tra- like actual historical tragedies like 9-11 mm-hmm. and even the Lincoln assassination. Um as kind of precedent for why yeah, right. you can see death in photographs. Yeah. I mean, aside from the, you know, it just sounds like conspiracy theory bullshit. Nonsense. Never, never a good thing to, you know. It's not where you want to, yeah, you don't want to, you know, get in bed with that nonsense. Exactly. It's just thought, like, it, it would, it would seem quite tasteless now. This was five years after 9-11. Right. That's gotta be too soon, right? Right. I would even I would caution against anyone doing that now. Um, but five years afterwards, that just feels like the you know you're still in the eye of the storm there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did not enjoy that they had to go to those lengths to 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 show us how that was happening but definitely the the you know the the fact that it turns it into a detective story yeah really helps yeah i agree because because there is no there is no mystery in the first uh sequel no of any kind but that's one of the things i really enjoy about this movie is like you said the sort of detective mystery aspect of it i like that a lot it's. I mean, every each of the movies comes up with their own way of trying to offset the predictability of how the story is going to unfold. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, uh, there's a lot of suspense in this compared to the compared to Final Destination Two. Sometimes a little over overdone, a little overworked. I think. Yeah. I think the ta- the tanning bed sequence could have got to you know, the, the, the body horror moment a little bit sooner. It's so gratuitous, too. I mean, just, you know, yeah, gratuitous burned boobs. Well, and that that was the debate I had with myself. It's like... And again, it's, again, it, it, it all stems from, from a sinister water cup. The condensation <laughs> with the electricity rears its ugly head again. Well, death has his, death has his uh, weapons, yeah. you know? Um, <laughs> But I had the debate with myself about, like, like is it when it comes to gratuitous nudity, is it worse here where it's kind of like sly? It's like they, they, it's like oh, they're in tanning beds, so they have to be naked. Or is it better to do like a Final Destination two where there's just a topless chick on top of a bike right. for no for no reason <laughs> for no it's reason like, right? It's like here are your tits. Yeah, you want tits? Here are your tits. This is more sort of like I'm spying on you from the camera inside the tanning bed. Well, kind of thing. And, and, I, and so I don't I don't know which is better or worse. Right. I feel like almost just going here are your tits with no motivation, is a little more honest about what it is we're doing here. Well, but I think this movie is trying to play on that, too. So this movie says, here are your tits. 
and then you know burns them to death so yeah oh no that's totally true i think i and there's obviously something going on about you know the sort of the superficiality of those characters right yeah you know exemplified through the tanning beds and then they do some really nice visual parallels between the the tanning beds and the coffin the casket um which is lovely yeah so i love that i love that sequence for so many reasons and and just the body horror element of it is extraordinarily good Mm -hmm. um but not the best in the series but no but that's a very high bar right i think but and that was the moment where i was like oh this movie this movie's got more going on under the surface than the second movie yes yeah and that's why i like it i think the most me too but but also i guess i also the fact that it's not so uh up its own ass that it can't make a joke about someone having something up their ass Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) that's good that's i think that's a good benchmark for any film there's like they they have a they have a philosophical discussion about do you want to see your own death and what that means and then well I want to ask you one, about one that one character said there's nothing up my ass is there yeah right <laughs> so they never you know and fuck you Ben Franklin and it's like the movie has a sense of humor mm-hmm. um, but it's but not playing on a different then, level than than yeah. the movie that precedes it it's not the only thing that's going on here so let me ask you uh, I want to ask you about that essential point though because. They have these photos. They're kind of using, like we said, they're using these photos as, you know, kind of their clues. They're trying to detect how and in what manner they're going to die. And the clues are in the photos. Right. And as I understand. Yes. And so you have this element of. It does feel philosophical. Yeah. Do you want do you want to know? Yeah. But when you accept the reality of death is an entity and it's coming for you. <laughs> Shouldn't you just look at the photo? Cause you want, you, you want to try and figure it out and then avoid it at all costs. Right. So to me, but isn't the, isn't the point that you, that you can't, and it's so cryptic that you're always going to be wrong. You're always going to be wrong. I, I mean, that's what you're absolutely right. That's a huge hole. Yeah. In there. Also another kind of big hole. I mean, I already, I already, you know, solve the problem for Final Destination 2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just everyone take everything out of their pockets when they enter a building. Right. Yeah, that's and right. all stand, you know, whoever's not dead, not and not next up, stand around the person who is. All will be well. But there are moments where I'm sort of like, when, when they get to the bicentennial celebration and a bunch of pyromaniacs are setting off fireworks, I'm like, that's not death's agency that's those fucking idiots right yeah <laughs> yeah totally so i'm I, you know that's another big hole in there it's like it has to be it has to be like this you know these giant kind of domino effect things mm-hmm. to show really show death's hand it what if, if it's just if it's just clump if it's just people who are clumsy and people who are idiots yes Death is not working through them. They're just working for death on the side. <laughs> That's their side hustle. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, if like if any of those kids causes someone's death with a firework, 
That's manslaughter. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway. But we're skipping um, ahead a bit. In, in... Well, yeah, I, I, but uh, just as a, a sort of overall point of... Uh, yeah, there are a few holes here. Well, I mean, uh, uh, like it's like Back to the Future, that those photographs conceptually are more trouble than they're, they're worth, but they look really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they make everything look nice. There you go. Well, and I think I what I one of the things I do find interesting about this movie is you know, we talked how the first movie it's like a group of friends even though some of them might not like each other. Yeah. You, they all know each other. Yeah. And then they have to try to survive. In the second movie it's a group of strangers. Yeah. And then this movie takes a different track in which there are two couples and the woman from one couple and the guy from another couple, they're the survivors. Yeah. And now they have to work together, which to me is inherently interesting. And I love the line where she's, you know, towards the beginning of the movie, she's like, look, if you weren't dating my friend and if I weren't dating your friend, we wouldn't be friends. Yeah. And then they have to find a way to come together Mm -hmm. and work with each other, to, you know, because it's really just the two of them. Nobody else either knows about it in time mm. or believes them. Yeah, it's also it's also nice that you know it's it's people who just happen to be at the same school. Right, That's a nice element of it too, I think, because then you get to kind of do a do a high school comedy as well mm-hmm. with the material, and you know the. Um, it's nice to sort of see the comeuppance of, of those kind of, you know, those those stock types of school kids. Yeah, who you loathe. You've got the goths. You've got the jock. Oh, that's right. The goths. Yeah, the goths work in Home Depot. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, and you, and you mix it up in terms of ethnicities and ages and that sort of stuff. So it's it's, um, I yeah, I I I love that. Um. I love that we we we've got a totally different ensemble every time. And and you know, I just remembered, you know, the kid who gets the the engine block to the back of the head. Mm-hmm. He's a misogynist, so Oh, he's the worst man in the world. Yeah, just just a terrible terrible person. And, he, and then that all that fake um all that fake guilt he has at the funeral. Right. It's like I so think this is my fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the just, funny, I mean, like he won't even be the worst male we meet in the series, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um. So yeah, that's that's really. That's all very beautifully done. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't have much bad to say about this movie. I, I'm a little, I'm a little off put by. Um, well, I mentioned the things I don't that I don't like the nine eleven stuff and. Yeah, I, I don't like know, the... my complaints about the movie are sort of fleeting. They're little tiny yeah. things, you know, when they're about to get on the roller coaster and she's taking pictures and there's a flash and it sounds like old timey, <laughs> you know, from the natural kind of <laughs> sounds for the flash, you know, shit like yeah. that. When they're on the coaster, yeah. there seems to be something wrong with the hydraulics and they take care to show you like leaking hydraulics several times but then it's just the misogynistic asshole who drops his camera and it 
clings to the rail itself that really fucks things up. And I think, well, why? I mean, I guess they cover it it because it causes a bigger problem for the hydraulics, but. And the chain reaction started by the the um, muscular African American footballer not being able to fit into the seat, which I did not enjoy. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like he's not King Kong; he can still fit in a. He's a regular person. He's a regular person, right? Um, so a few moments like that where I was like, mm, I'd rather not. But uh, on the whole, um, it definitely felt like it. It. Uh, it was firing on, if not all cylinders, a lot of cylinders. Yeah, on a lot of cylinders, exactly. Uh, can you... <laughs> Maybe you can explain my own note to me, because I can't remember why I wrote this. Okay. I wrote down pigeon killer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can explain that. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, pig, um, uh, pig, basically pigeons return to kill... Pigeons... In this movie and Final Destination 2, pigeons kill uh, when the characters. I, I can't remember. Which, which is the, the death for the pigeons I in this movie? I can't remember. I can't remember, but it's. I, I've made a note saying um, it was. It was a. It was another young character because it's pigeons killing a child, and it just occurred to me. It's like death, you know, has like three things that he can throw at the world and one of them is pigeons yeah um because you have so, you have you know boy jerk who gets it in the fast food drive through yeah and that's an interesting one as well because you don't know it's him until yeah that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty good scene i like that one you yeah, so it's the it, way the way it's shot is interesting. You know, they're they're you know a truck comes up behind them. They're kind of honking at them to go along. She looks to the, you know, you have this pl- at play in, in several of these movies where flickering lights <laughs> yes. on either the radio, in this case, both the radio and the drive-through system itself, kind of give her a clue. She looks up to see a truck on the loose, which is a pale ale. Delivery truck. Yeah. And they're boxed and in by another truck that is right next to them. And they, you know, so you don't find out that the next guy on the list gets it until that engine block goes through their car. And, yeah. And, and, you know, cuts his head every which way. I, I also, loose. I like, and I like the games that the movie is playing about, you know, the, the inevitability of, of, these accidental deaths once when they get to home depot i was like this is a cornucopia of possibilities about how this accidental death could go down right yeah it, it feels like you know like the they're in the writer's room with a whiteboard you know with a heading that says home depot and then just listing what should we do different ways yeah, it could go right. down well and the one thing and about then, you know eventually decided on the pin the the pinhead nail gun which uh I, I would have put it at the top of the pile, too. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing about that scene, though, is how dependent it it becomes. I You know, this happens especially in that scene where sounds are covered up by other... You know what I mean? Because it, the, this forklift kind of is running away on its own, and then it gets stuck on things, and then it's running yeah. things over, and that's going to make a lot of noise. But yeah. he's just sawing stuff. 
Yeah. So they cover it up with that sound, but he keeps stopping sawing shit as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? So in reality, you would hear that off in the distance, but it's all just sort of, they try to cover it, but they don't cover it well, but it's still, it's just sort of delicious. It's it's all just so. It's, yeah, it's death's playground. Right. Was, they, they found the, they found the perfect arena for, you know, um, this, this unlimited supply of accidents in this one building. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. And then, you know, the way that the deaths start to get really archaic during the bicentennial celebration. Well, yeah, let's... It's like lynching and horses. It's like death gets very retro for a little while. For a bit. Let's. We're going to take a break, and then I want to get into that celebration, because that's where the movie ends, and we'll we'll just have a, a roaring good time getting to it, because it's, it's pretty delicious. Yeah, I, it saves the best for last once again. All right. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back, everybody right after this. If you're anything like me, you spend the majority of the day wondering whether you want coffee, beer, or wine. Whichever way you fall, Brew Bar has you covered. Located in the heart of 3rd Avenue Village in glorious downtown Chula Vista, California, which is also my neck of the woods, Brew Bar is a coffee shop, bar, and eatery rolled into one delightful package. Tim and Alex run the place, and let me tell you listeners, these guys know their coffee. And after you've been in their company, so will you. They turned me on to pour over, and it's literally all I drink now. If for some crazy reason you don't want to try the best coffee in the world, they've got espresso drinks, all kinds of teas, and even coffee cocktails. You heard me. Coffee tails. And we're just getting started. Bottle service on craft beer and wine, alcoholic and caffeinated potions, an all-day food menu with plenty of vegan options. All served up in an atmosphere hip enough to know you're getting the best quality, but not too hip that you feel the need to drive to 7-Eleven and get a bucket of brown swill. Brew Bar. It's the best place to be for beer, wine, coffee and tea. And if you go, you might even see me. And we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about the 2006 masterpiece, Final Destination 3. <laughs> in in its own terms, it absolutely is. Certainly within the realm of these movies by themselves. It's better than... It's better than most of the third parts of most franchises. Oh, for sure. Well, we were going to get to the... Cele- so, I, But let's talk about the... Uh, the jock's death too, because we didn't we didn't talk about that yet. That's a pretty delicious death the, scene. The, the weightlifting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a moment where I think you know James Wong puts aside whatever beef he had with the slapstick slapstick tendencies of the second movie, and just go, they just go yeah, for it totally. And and that's exactly the right time to do that. And because it because it's it's done once. It really stands out as we're making a choice to do the setup punchline kind of death, mm-hmm. um, because all the other deaths work on a totally different level to me. Yeah, this is like it's like well let's have let's have fun with yeah let's have fun with this one is how it feels to me. Yeah, absolutely. 
So it's but it, you know, strangely admitting that Final Destination Two has something some to offer, something to offer, yeah, <laughs> right. which I'm sure was really hard for James Wong to admit. Well, but at the same time, I don't feel I don't think it it doesn't feel out of place. No, and I I think I think it's it's because it's well ju- I think because it's well judged and because you sort of know, um, you know, every, every death can't be this like you know, exorcist moment of grotesquerie. There has to be some kind of like, you have to throw as a comic bone here and there. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, we talked, I think, in the, the mini-sode about the nature of these movies and they're not torture porn, but they, these movies are totally gore porn. Yeah. They're yeah, uber, I, I th- ultra-violent. Yeah, and and you really, f- I think this this movie, you really feel the gore. Um, that was the, the unused campaign slogan for the 2000 election. Feel the gore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he w- he would have won if he used that. Um, of course he did win. Never mind. Like, yeah. That, beside yeah. that's beside yeah. the point. He's up there, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. This is the one with the, the seems the most visceral to me. The one that's about you know, f- bod- body horror. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, the weightlifting scene still, still does that, and they they do it with mostly, mostly digital graphics. Am I right? Yeah. Because I I I don't notice the CG in this movie, although I think there is a lot of it in there. Yeah. In the way I do in the subsequent sequels, which is interesting. Well, because, because... they, you know, each one of these movies in its own way has a. And they're they're good at it, actually. You know, like a wide shot of a terrible death in which a body is splattered, broken in half. You know what I mean? Each one of each one of these movies has a big death like that. Yeah. Well, since since the last two films are three D, so that might be part of the reason why it seems more fake. But whatever they're doing here to kind of like make the digital look substantial they're doing a really good job yeah i agree i would say yeah um and except we we you know so we were going to get to the celebration so they're at their bicentennial celebration and the one cg moment that doesn't ring true for me is the uh the the main boy whose name who cares main boy who cares main boy gets kicked by a horse you're right. So CG kicked by a horse and just sort of gets up and dusts himself off. And I think... What, what, this is 2006, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm trying to think of, like, I've never seen a CG, like, horse thing that ever worked. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, like, Star, uh, Star Wars Attack of the Clones. I mean, it's not a horse. It's a buffalo right. thing. But it's the worst effect in the movie, so maybe it's just a. Well, and you know we're getting into historically we're getting into that period where people are, you know, uh, David Milch has killed so many horses that everyone's using CG, right? <laughs> so they don't get like shut down. Yeah. So maybe that's a big factor behind it, and I think I remember thinking that the pinball, in the pinball effects in the title sequence looked kind of very very fake but you know it's a fairground so right it kind of justifies itself 
Um, yeah. Well, g- going on with that scene, though, I mean, there's a lot to like in, in the bicentennial scene. It, it's oh, a, I love that sequence. It's a great, it's a great closing chapter to this particular movie, right? Um, yeah, but not too good that it can't be, um, uh, that it, that it can't be bettered because it is. Okay. (laughs) The fight, the final, so I, 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 I like that movie, but it was sort of nondescript enough that I knew the best was yet to come. Yeah. And it was a nice change of pace, you know, to go from, um, the other kind of very modern settings and like i said suddenly the deaths start getting very civil war right Um, yeah (laughs) i mean we Uh, have a not that not that it's an actual death but you you know you have dragged by a horse yeah and doesn't someone get flattened too yeah so that's the big one and that that's kind of what i was referring to before about the big there's always one big split a body in half yeah kind of scene in these movies and in this one the fireworks I forget what ha- I think it has something to do with the horse when the first the horse first gets loose so it starts you know this mm. this contraption this this rig that has the fireworks is losing its balance and it's kind of going up and down so the fireworks are still shooting off in the sky but you yeah. know danger is a coming and it's one of the goths. So, and this this is something that comes into at in play at this in this movie that is done even better, I think, in the fifth movie of one of these characters becoming sort of the ominous. In this movie, he's he's more passive though. He's, hey, like it skipped me. I can't die. So. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And he's kind of confronting these others because his yeah. girlfriend died, and he wants them to get their comeuppance. And so he's sort of standing in their way, not going to let them escape. Mm-hmm. But I knew he was trouble when he tried to take a picture of Stacy Kobayashi's camel toe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Right. Was no, that's a, yeah. That's a really great point. It uh, it's a it's a nice variation on that, and yeah, it does. It it's uh, and he is he the one that gets flattened? Yeah. So it's the fireworks end up tipping the truck, but Mary Elizabeth and doesn't his Winstead gets everybody to the ground. She sees it coming and they go right past him and hit the sort of the, you know, there's a, I don't know, a huge crane of some, of some kind Yeah. and whatever hydraulics are holding it up are hit by the fireworks and it comes down and splits his body in half. Yeah. Again, another moment when I'm with, a 13 year old kid sitting next to me where I go, Jesus Christ, I should just take him out now. But you should have tried to turn it into like a, a cautionary tale. Like right. turn to him and, say, yeah. and that's why you don't mess with fireworks. <laughs> and that's why you don't ever go to the gym. <laughs> and that's why you don't ever get on a subway train. And that's why you don't get fast food in the drive through. <laughs> if only if you see a pale ale truck in the distance <laughs> if it's not there you're probably okay oh fucking shit but you should shit. eat healthier 
<laughs> yeah. Um, can we talk about the subway now? Hell yeah. Nearly, nearly my favorite part of, of, the of any of the movies, yeah. I think. I it, love it. I love it. I love it. It's so good. It's well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to you. What, what, what say you? What wish you to say? I don't really have anything interesting to say. Um, <laughs> I think they're... Um, I get the strong sense James Wong's trying to circle back to the original movie by making, you know, going back to another form of transportation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way everyone keeps talking about the end of the line also seems to be a way of like, okay, let's stop here. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a sequence that is so spectacular that, you know, nothing will beat it in the franchise. And it is. There are two more movies. Right. That's another side issue. It didn't work. You right. Know? It's like when they try to blow, they blew up the world in Planet of the Apes. And oh, they went on. Making sequels. Um, yeah. And I just, this was a point where I was like, everyone was noticing a bunch of coincidences that were just. I was just like, yeah, it's a sequel. This stuff happens all the time. It's not weird that they're both on the same train. It's a sequel. <laughs> oh, you know? see, I had the opposite reaction. I'm like, you know, the idea that she she starts getting the bad feeling, you know, the cold wind happens, I think. <laughs> and she's got the bad feeling, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and is trying to get, convince her friends they're in New York and try and to convince her friends to get off the subway, you know, however many blocks, 11 blocks before their destination. Yeah. And she's like, it's nice out. We'll walk. And they're like, it's freezing outside. And it's like, ah, come on. But then when she sees her sister and just drops it and they, you know, let the doors close, I'm like, oh, we're in a lot of fucking trouble. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I knew obviously it was the final scare because of the, the uh, contractually binding time jump that we have to have yeah. at the end of every... Um, <laughs> one of these movies. Yeah, I was like... Uh, also, I mean, what's kind of good is, like, the final scares in the other movies, I don't know if I'm remembering them all correctly, uh, seem like, you know, they're very much epilogues. Yes. This one, I was like, there's not been a lot of resolution. This feels like still part of the movie. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of, I guess this is the final scare, but it could also be, you know, just continuing on the movie that something might not happen yet. Uh, apart, from, you know, when the, when the sun starts to come out in Final Destination Two, you're like, here we go, yeah, right? <laughs> final scare. This one doesn't announce itself quite so prominently until, like you say, we get those giveaway moments, mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, they're both on the train. Yeah, it's gonna be trouble. And then we have the double premonition, which is beautiful. Right. That is, and and as I remember. This is the, you know, that is, that is unlike Final Destination 2 when nobody ran with anything in that movie, in future movies. The double premonition becomes like the gold standard of how you do these movies afterwards. Yes. As I remember it. Yes. Um, Agreed. And it's, it's kind of, it's great because like this entire movie, it's so obvious and yet so well done at the same time. Totally. It's like, yeah, of course you can have a double premonition. You don't know it's a premonition when it's happening. Yeah. Right. So why not do it again? <laughs> I love, so I love that. 
I love the double the double premonition. Um, and it feels like they, they really run with that multiple perspective thing in five, if I'm not remembering. No, um, well, you mean the double premonition? This is, we don't have a multiple perspective one here, do we? We just have a double premonition. That right. That comes later. It's basically about how you can, like, pimp the premonition. <laughs> Yeah, well, the it's the a, one that it, pimps the premonition more than anything is number four. Yeah, is the final <laughs> destination. I I I mean I I all I remember from, all I remember <laughs> from that is thinking how many times are we gonna see this fucking movie theater blow up? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. but in this one, it is. We'll like, get to what? it, Tom. We'll get to it. I know, but with <laughs> the, the the big contrast here is I'm like, wow, I did not see that coming, even though. Why wouldn't I see it coming? Right. <laughs> I should have, but I, I just, uh, I just know. didn't. So, for all those reasons and more, that is a that is an extraordinary sequence. I agree. I th- I just, I just, you know, my bad judgment aside from the Big Brother program. <laughs> 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 This is the movie that I remember the most. Uh, th- you know, Mike, this is... Mike, 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 he played you. Right. Oh, he did. Your little played you. You, you. There's nothing you could have done. You already, you already had the backstory of, you know, we've got to find an activity <laughs> that, that will bring this kid into his own. So that's going on in your mind. You should have seen the shit-eating grin he had on his face. He was delighted. I mean, was he even like? <laughs> now I'm starting to question whether whether he was just like this. He like, the whole backstory was the whole. The... <laughs> it was so all to was, get him to this like, moment. He was he just wanted a way to see Final Destination three. He, he, and he had this long con of the big yeah, brother. Program. Exactly. He was he was. To me, what death is to these people in these movies. He, it was the long con. <laughs> <laughs> well, that couldn't be a more perfect way for you to experience the movie. No, yeah, it was uh, delightful. Unless, unless at the end of it, it turned out to be a premonition. And you had the agency to get the <laughs> fuck out of there. <laughs> And not have him see, and like it, it just, it just zooms out of your eye, out of my and eye, you, and cut to me saying, "No, we're not going to see that movie." <laughs> and you just go, "Get the, <laughs> we're getting the fuck out of here now." <laughs> and something very similar happens in the in the final destination, yes. as I recall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Yeah. All right, let's end it there. I say. Oh, definitely. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Tom and I say this is the best of the Final Destination movies or sequels. You let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. Send us an email, everythingsequel at gmail.com. My name is Michael Schantz. I'm with Tom Stewart. Say goodbye, Tom. Rate and review Apple Podcasts. Hell yes. Rate and review us. If its name has changed, I apologize. I don't think so. Well, it used to be iTunes, now it's Apple Podcasts, so what's next? Hard to say. Tr- Trump tunes. No, fuck you. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, everybody, rate and review us, please. It really helps us out. I trumps. <laughs> I'm quitting. How dare I trumps? All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs> not uh, not four. The final destination <laughs> is coming up next. Take care, everybody.